Welcome to Coconut Oil Stardust and Dope Vibes. I am your resident fairy godmother, Tamara Angela, and this is your Sunday moment. This week's topic, we're going to ask the question, do you have capacity? This is an idea that came to me a while ago um, and I was doing some self-reflection after getting divorced. Um, There was this book and for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of the book, Um, but it was one that was suggested. I, you know, fell down one of my many rabbit holes that I fall down and found the name of this book. And, um, it asked you, it it was like all these questions that you would kind of go through. I found it at the library and it was like some self-study, um, that you could do just on your own or like, um, that you could do in conjunction with therapy. If you were going through any therapy for relationships or divorce and, this book had like all these great questions in it. I, I really wish I could remember the name of it because it was so thorough and so helpful. But one of the sections had like these self-reflective questions. And I remember one of the, a couple of the questions were kind of going down the path of having an understanding of where you would like to be. It's like you're coming out of this space. Where do you envision yourself going? Because a lot of times when you're coming out of a divorce um, or a long-term relationship, you've been coupled for so long. Um, Sometimes there's a space. I'm not even going to say sometimes. There is a space in there where you get absorbed into the relationship. I don't care how great and how strong and how healthy the relationship is. There is a space where you get absorbed into the um, into the relationship. So you lose a piece of yourself. So one of the questions was kind of asking about like, you know, it's talking about regaining the full self, you know. What does that look like? Because the piece of you, the part of you, the version of you that walked into that relationship is not the version that is exiting. So it was kind of encouraging you to start seeing yourself, you know, really start seeing yourself. And then um, there was a part of it that asked... um, you know, so it's like, you know, who are you, who who do you know yourself to be? Who are you um, looking, you know, to be? You know, what does that look like? How do you cultivate the self? And then there were some other questions that kind of dealt with patterns and saying, you know, where this relationship did not work out for whatever reason There's not typically one person who should bear the brunt of all the blame. 
even if there was like one thing, like one straw that broke the camel's back, there shouldn't be like one person that bears the brunt of all of the blame. Um, but even if there was a trigger to um, like a catalyst to ending it, but it asked, it said, you know, where did you kind of contribute? to some of the downfall because typically a relationship doesn't just end overnight there are these things that happen in succession and we all play our part um so it asked a bit about that and then it asked um which was a great you know series of questions um and then it asked also if you've been in more than one relationship. So ideally, if this wasn't like your first teenage relationship and then you married the only person you ever dated, right? Because that happens for some people. But um, it was saying, you know, if you've been in other relationships, what, like, how did they typically end? Or was there like a common thread or thing that maybe all of the people that you dated kind of said so I'm going through all of these questions or whatever and really gaining a a sense of clarity on a lot of things and then you know I get to that last question that I mentioned, it's not necessarily the last question that was in the book, but it was one of the workbook questions and it hit me. It was like every, pretty much almost like every single person, the majority of them was like, you're a lot. You're too much. You talk a lot. You're a lot of energy. You want the most. They were always saying how like, Oh, I give you this and then you want more. Um, Your expectations are too high. You're just like this really, really firm person. And it's like you stand in this and, you know. And I can't lie with the... So, you know, when you date people, it's kind of one thing. But... With the breakdown of a marriage, it felt like something else. And I'd heard that over and over again. Even when I was a little kid, you know, I hung with a bunch of (laughs) elderly people. It was like my grandparents and my grandfather's sister and and his brother-in-laws. Like these were elderly people. And I was like this little four or five-year-old with tons of energy that wanted to run around and do all this stuff and wanted to know everything and it was like red you talk a lot red do this you know and they come from the generation of people where children are to be seen and not heard so it was like somebody always gave me a book or there was always like one of those little oh god I had all those activity books and stuff it was always like tone it down calm it down for this space, even, you know, when I got to elementary school, it was like, oh, she's very talkative, which I'm talkative in certain spaces, certain spaces, you won't hear anything from me and other spaces I'm open to speaking. So it's like, she's very talkative, high imagination, she needs to funnel that it was always like, 
you're this big cluster of energy. We don't know what to do with it. So can you channel it or should, can you put it over here or can you tone it down? There's always been those spaces. And so when I answered that last question, that was like, you know, what was the common thread? What was something that all like most of the people you dated said or all the people you dated said or like how did most of those relationships end? It was always this space where it was like, oh, you're too much. And that always led me to say, do I need to tone it down? Is it too much? Because, you know, the world is always like tame it, tame it, tame it. Extinguish it a bit. Turn the fire down. And I started to do that for a long time. It was a really long time because I was like, oh, maybe it is too much for people. Like when I walk in a room, I don't, I, but I don't, ex, I don't recognize it. I don't, it's, it's just me walking in as me. And then suddenly people are vexed. You know, so I was like, oh, you know, how how do you do that? How do you turn that down so other people are comfortable kind of thing? It's a weird space to be in. And so I started dating someone else afterwards. And I was like, it made me aware. I was like. Let me turn it down. Oh, I remember saying one time, it's like, oh, because like I do this too much. And he was like, did I ever say that to you? I was like, no. He said, where'd you get that from? So I've just heard it forever. He's like, yeah, no, it's not really a problem for me. You know, it's not really a problem. And then I remember him kind of asking, um, was it too much? Like, did he give me too much PDA? And I was like, no, I actually love it. And I said, see, you're asking me the same question. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing the same thing I did. And he said, yeah, he said, you know, it made me aware of that because he said people would always kind of tell him, oh, that's too much. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And we started having this conversation about capacity. And I said, I... I don't mind PDA. Actually, I like it. I really like PDA. Um, I come from a family that openly hugs all the time. Like, I'm always in my kids' faces, like, all the time. I know I probably kind of get on their nerves. Like, you know, I have one child that wants the hug, but then it's like, okay, you can come over here after this hug. And then I have one child that loves for me to incessantly be in her face. You know, and I talked about that and I said, you know, I, I come from people who love and who hug and who say that. And for some people that would be too much. And I said, but when I was married, it wasn't the, the level of PDA like. Well, because you have to consider the other person, too, and what they're comfortable with and things like that. And I said, but here, like, this is, like, it, I, I, this is like Luther Vandross. Like, I, there's never too much. I'm fine with it. 
I actually love it. Like, even if I hadn't initiated it in that moment, it you can do it. Like, there was capacity for it, you know? There wasn't capacity for that in previous relationships, but I was like, this is what I need. This fills me up. I love this. And me giving it is fulfilling for me too. And so we started talking about capacity. It's like, you know, sometimes, and you know, I said, I don't fault any other previous spaces for not giving it to me because maybe the capacity wasn't there. You know, maybe like what I said, the capacity is here between the two of us. We we've established that this is good, that we both come with this high energy. And here it is. Like It's cool to release it here. This is OK. So we come with the capacity. I said, but when you're in because he was talking about some previous relationships for him, too, where he was like, oh, they told that's too much. Back off. Calm down. You know, whatever. And I said, well, that person didn't have capacity. I said, because what could also happen is you you may have the capacity for it, but not know it because of your family of origin. And then somebody else who has capacity comes along offers it to you and then you open up and blossom and you have enough you know your your cup gets filled up because you're like oh I had this big cup anyway it was never full and so then you you realize you have the capacity to pour into them and for them to pour into you but then I said so then it's like oh the light comes on right and I said but in other spaces where people don't necessarily have the capacity then they're going to be like oh you're too much and so I remember us kind of having this conversation and there's like this settling feeling for me because I understood in that moment that it was never really that I was too much that that wasn't actually a problem Am I too much? Am I a lot? I am. (laughs) I actually am. But that's not an issue, though. That's not something that's problematic. It's only problematic in places that that don't have a cup, a container to, you know, to hold all that I have. When I go to places that don't have the proper size container, then it's like, oh, I don't have enough. You're, and then instead of saying, I don't have enough to, to handle that, they say, you're too much. Because technically I am too much for them. For them. That's the rest of the sentence. So it started me on this journey of understanding capacity and because the rest of what that book was asking about was also like why you choose who you choose right and so ideally with this with this you know analogy I need to be choosing vessels containers that can encompass all that I have or so either they're of equal value 
or they might be larger, right? I need to be finding something that's actually larger than what I am so it can, you know, contain me. So I started looking at that and saying, you know, why are there these spaces where I play it small? And that's, that's been a journey because I've heard my whole life. It's like, you're a lot, you're a lot, you're a lot. And nobody ever knew what to do with you're a lot, right? Nobody ever knew what to do with it. Not that these were bad people, not that they were the wrong people. Cause hell, some of it was family. It was just like, Oh, just let her be. But Giving me the freedom to let me be didn't hone it in. It didn't pull it together, right? <clears throat> so I remember one time my grandfather also gave me this analogy. He said, you know, um, he was ooh, getting up into his 90s. And I remember um, he called me and he said, Red, he's like, you know, your aunt who you know, my uh, that's my aunt, his daughter. He's like, your aunt is always kind of fussing at me. Um, for not remembering things. And he said, shoot, I'm getting up in my 90s. My my mental box is full. So what you mean? He said, you know, your mind is kind of like a box. And he's like, once you've lived with so many memories, he's like, those memories don't really go anywhere. They just kind of get hidden down in the box. And every once in a while, the box gets shuffled around. And Oh, here come here pops up a memory because you shuffled the box around and now the memory has, you know, it, it, it's it's come to the forefront. So, OK, here you go. But he said, I, you know, as I get older, <clears throat> he's like, depending on how the box has gotten shuffled, there may not be space for some of the stuff, some of the new stuff. Like I like the comfort and space of the old stuff. Some of the new stuff is going to kind of fall by the wayside or not really have a space. Maybe the, the clothes in the box aren't folded to accept more capacity. Maybe the stuff in the box is jumbled around. And so there's not really the space for stuff. And so he was like, I don't have the, I remember him saying, I don't have the mental capacity to remember everything. Cause my box is, is almost full. And I said, man, that, makes all the sense in the world because shoot I'm not 90 and sometimes I feel like my box is full and and I liked how he said you know you shuffle it around and sometimes it looks like there's more space in there so you can take on something else and sometimes it looks like there's not enough space so you don't have the space to take on anything else right and so he I remember him saying don't overload me because I don't have the mental capacity right which I have a girlfriend that always talks about her bandwidth, right? So we'll have these conversations and I love it. She's like, I don't, she's like, yeah, I had to tell the person I don't have the bandwidth for that. Like energy wise, let's look at the Wi-Fi. It's like, how much can, like, you don't have the bandwidth to stream or game. It's just not like your Wi-Fi isn't going to support gaming. Gaming takes a lot of bandwidth. Your Wi-Fi isn't going to support gaming, but you got enough to surf the web and do it for work. Maybe you don't have enough web um, gig. You don't have enough gigs to for everybody to be on online 
for work, right? So you got to get enough gigs to have the bandwidth to actually do the things that your household does, right? So that's how you choose your Wi-Fi. What do you guys typically do? Are you like, you don't have cable, so you're streaming on, on Hulu and Netflix, which that's up there with gaming, right? So, cause you're streaming. Um, so you don't have, you know, you don't have all of that. You don't have the ability. You don't have the bandwidth. So when she says that, she's talking about like, look, right this second for this conversation, I don't have the emotional capacity. I've just gone through this, this and that. And I mentally, physically, emotionally cannot be there for you in this situation. I love you. I care for you, but right now I don't have the emotional capacity to commit to listening to what you have going on. That's hard to talk about as a friend to literally tell somebody I don't have the mental capacity because I'm overloaded with my own stuff. I don't have the mental capacity to help you process through that right now. I have so much going on. You know, I don't have the, you know, it's for for me, it's homecoming time coming up in October. It's like, I've had some health stuff go on and I'm like, usually I'm gung ho. Let's get out there. I was like, I don't even have the physical capacity or like really the mental capacity to like, I, I have no desire to hang around and have these extra conversations Um, that I'm typically gung-ho about having. Like, I just, I don't have it in me this year. Like, I'm cool with, okay, the people from college that I consistently keep up with, like, I talk to them, social media, like, every day. Like, it's great to see each other in person. I had to look at, like, I don't have the bandwidth. So when my crew was like, oh, what parties are we going to? I was like, yeah, I'm probably not even going to any parties this year. I thought about it, but I was like, I don't have the capacity to do it. Like, I just don't. I I know in advance that I don't have the capacity right now to do the parties. I'm going to go tailgate. I'm going to go to the game. I'm going to be on the field. But that's it. Like, I don't think I can see myself doing anything else. And once it gets closer to time, like stuff is going to get more expensive. It's whatever. But I had to say, I don't have the bandwidth. Do you have the capacity? It's about setting a boundary based on your current ability, right? So currently, I know I'm not able. I can't forecast what's going to be like, how good I'm going to be in a month. In a month, I I might feel better. I'm doing, let's say I'm doing some physical therapy. I'm doing some other things. And in a month I might be like, dang, I really could do it, but I didn't know that back then. And that's fine. That space where I'm not going to be at homecoming, if I'm feeling better, then I can commit that space to doing something else, more resting or doing something else. But what we'll do a lot of times is we'll overcommit ourselves based on either like our current capacity. We could be looking at stuff and be like, oh, yeah, I feel like going out tonight. So, yeah, I'll see you Friday. Uh, Friday's two days from now. You don't know that. So now you've committed. Right. And then this is where a lot of us want to back out because we really 
never really had the capacity for Friday, but our heart said yes. Our mind said yes. Physically, it felt like a yes. We really love the company that we're going to go with. So we're like, yeah, I could commit to that. And then you want to back out because you never really had the full capacity. When you have the capacity, there's consistency there. Um, there's, there's a consistency that shows up, right? And it's authentic when you actually have the capacity to do it. It's like breathing. It's automatic. It just kind of gets done. So go back to that example that I gave about the relationships and the PDA, right? A lot of times we're asking people for something that they don't have capacity to give. So say that you're, you're dating someone, they're not the most romantic person, um, they're not really into PDA when you guys first meet, and you are right? This is who you are. You know yourself to be that, but you don't know how much, how intensely it is, but you know yourself to be that. And so you meet this other person. And so then you guys start talking and then they're like, they're not as into PDA, but then you are. So there are times where you express the PDA. Now, if they have capacity for that, if it'll open them up, and they'll be like, oh my, I, there's, I, I've always wanted to do this and I've always wanted to be in a space like this, but I didn't know what to do with it. And so their container opens up to accept what you're giving, right? And then you guys can pour into each other because your containers will be about the same size. One might be a little larger than the other, but the containers will be about the same size. You guys can pour into one another. If the person doesn't have capacity, when you begin the PDA, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to either shut it all the way down and be like, absolutely not. That's not who I am. And they're going to set a very clear boundary based on the fact that they know who they are and they're not comfortable with that. And you'll have to make a decision because that speaks to compatibility. Or what they'll do is what a lot of people do. They say, I really care for this person. I really like this person. I'm going to try. And so what do they do? They kind of borrow what they don't have authentic capacity to give. So they may learn from some places, uh, watching some movies, listening to some music, seeing visuals, other places, they may look and say, okay, that looks like what she's asking for. That looks like the PDA she's asking for. So I'm just going to go give it this. And what they're doing is they're actually mocking it, right? So they look at it and say, I could do that. Okay. So they come and they start giving you some PDA. And so what happens? You feel like your cup is being filled. Because you're getting something that you ask for from the person that you love and care about. And so you're like, oh, they really could do it. But what's going to happen? They don't have that in the storehouse naturally. Because when you have it in the storehouse naturally, it's going to naturally replenish itself. They don't have it naturally. So they're going to have to go back and get it somewhere else. So what's going to happen? That PDA that they're giving you is going to run out. They're going to go back to their factory default setting of not giving PDA because when it runs out, they're going to go back to their norm, right? And they're going to recognize their norm and they're going to be like, oh, okay, I'm back to normal. 
So then what happens? You're without PDA for uh, an extended period of time. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? They're not paying attention. They're not attentive. Well, it's not that they are not paying attention. They may be paying attention to you in other ways. They're just not giving you the PDA. And then what, where does the conversation go? Well, I don't feel like um, receiving the amount of, you know, PDA that I'm used to getting. What happened? What changed? What's going on? So you start thinking something else is happening. Nothing else is happening. They're just back at their factory default setting, which was no PDA. They're not a romantic. They don't have it in them. And so then you're thinking, well, what's going on? Because now what? Your container is empty. You've poured into them like they poured into you. So you got something there and then you poured into them and then you exchanged it back. And then your cup is your containers empty. So you poured some of what you have into them and you poured and poured. And now you're almost very empty or drained. And you're like, I keep giving and giving and giving and I'm not getting anything back. It's because they don't have that in their cup. It's, It's not in their container. Like at all, because they don't have it in the storehouse. That's not part of their DNA. It's not part of how they're made. So they don't have it to give you. And then what happens? They they say, you know what? Oh my gosh, I really love this person. Let me try again. And so what do they do? They go borrow some more. So where do they borrow from? Once again, they may, you know, get inspired by some visuals or whatever. And then they watch some movies, you guys. Okay, we'll watch a romantic movie because that's what she likes to watch or that's what he likes to watch or what have you. And then it inspires you and then they do nothing but mimic what's on there because they're like, oh, look at her reaction to when she sees that. I could do that, but they're not doing it genuinely. Right. And so then here goes that cycle again. You're like, oh, here it goes again. I knew you could do it. I knew you could do it. But they're not actually pouring from anything genuine. So what's going to happen? That container, both containers are going to be empty again. Right. And so then you're going to go back through and potentially have the same conversation again. Well, what happened? You were able to give it before. Now what's happening? They're feeling resentful. Well, I do the most for you. I'd really try. And guess what? That's not a lot. They actually did try. They actually did put effort in. They went out, they researched what you like, and then they gave you a version of it. It just wasn't authentically from within inside them. So they really did give that to you. And so they're really like, well, I'm putting in all this effort and they don't appreciate the effort that I put in because that's what it feels like. Right. And so. Eventually, what happens is stuff starts to get out of balance and the person who has it innately in their DNA, they start to give more of themselves. Right. And so now they're giving to you. They say, well, I'm going to break off a piece of this and go ahead and give this to you. So then that way we get the flow going again. Right. And so then what happens? They they they. Feed off of that and they give you back the energy you gave them. So now you're essentially just really kind of getting high off of yourself because the other person doesn't have it in them. And you're not listening because they don't have capacity. But you're there's these little sparks where you kind of get what you want or what you need to feel full. You're not recognizing that they don't have capacity. Eventually, this gets draining. 
Everybody gets tired. People get resentful. People feel misunderstood. People feel unheard. And then it has to end because what happens? You guys aren't compatible. The containers aren't the same size, right? Those containers are nowhere near the same size. And so you guys are kind of battling back and forth. And the reality is one person is asking the other person to give something that they don't have ready in the storehouse. It's not there in high supply. And so they don't really have anything to give you. And so then they go out and they try to find what they can to give you. A lot of times this is um, very clear on the natal chart as well so when i see somebody who has like let's say a high amount of water energy and they get with someone who is let's say a high amount of air a lot of times um that compatibility wise won't work out all the time because the air may move that water but water doesn't necessarily move air. There's no compatibility, right? And so the water is going to do things that stoke things for the, the air is going to do things that stoke things for the water sign. But that water sign, when they pour in, they can potentially kind of drown that air sign because that air sign doesn't have capacity to do some things that the water sign really needs. And so we see these kind of things show up on the natal chart as far as the elements go when we're looking in depth at your layers and your actual compatibility for things we see that sometimes people don't have capacity sometimes there's chemistry without capacity oh there are sparks things feel euphoric but what happens after that container is empty is where the factory default settings live. And this is where people tend to have trouble because there's chemistry, but there's no compatibility. So cap, cap, uh, capacity, you have to understand your capacity because that leads to you living a life of authenticity. This is really me. This is really who I am. Who are you when those containers you know, when you finish pouring into the other person and the other person's poured into you and now, you know, the containers are kind of evaporating. What are those factory default settings, right? That authenticity is the factory default. That's what that is, like who you really are. Not the version of you that's picked some things up that you've learned. Those things are helpful, but who are you really? When you understand those factory default settings, that's where true compatibility can come in because you're going to link with people who are more like you. So you're going to link with other people who really like PDA and they like PDA because they have a container that can fill and refill. Not someone who has to go out and, you know, essentially kind of find a space to kind of buy <laughs> a little bit. It's like going to like a store almost and having to buy some of these energies. It's like, oh, let me get this. Let me get this. Let me get this. This will make my loved one happy. It will for a period of time, but it's not authentic because you don't have it to give. And when it runs out, you probably won't even recognize that it ran out because that's not your factory default setting. 
you know, that's that's not your setting so you don't even realize when you don't have it right so capacity being respectful of what people have and who they are helps you to choose more correctly it helps you to make sure that you're in spaces that actually nurture you right we want to be in environments that are actually healthy for us not in spaces that we've inserted ourselves into because it's like oh you know i've been with this person this long um we've known each other this long so we have to make this work no we can't do that that's not enriching for our lives to live in a space like that. We have to really recognize and understand and be as respectful as possible of our own capacity, right? Because this speaks to us having an understanding of what we can give as well. All these analogies that I spoke of, you know, when we're talking about the container and we're talking about you know, being poured into the other part of that sentence that I spoke on was you being able to pour into them too. So there's definitely a space of reciprocity here that has to happen, has to happen in order for this to work out correctly. You guys have to speak to the level of capacity that you actually have for yourself. Um, so you can understand your authenticity and you can choose correctly. You can choose appropriately. You can choose based on compatibility versus really just kind of like living in a space of chemistry. This is also where, you know, we just kind of live off these energetic connections and it's like, oh, this is enough, but it's really not. Those energetic connections are based on the first part of that where you guys are kind of dealing with each other outside of your factory default settings. What happens when you actually get through to the authentic version of who you are? How would your relationships change? It goes back to what that... Um, <clears throat> It goes back to what that uh, divorce workbook was saying. It was like, did you like, are you choosing in this weird pattern, right? That has you kind of choosing people that aren't really compatible with you. Like you're choosing this pattern and you're choosing folks that aren't actually compatible with you and then expecting them to have the capacity to love you and nurture you and care for you in a way that you need when they never were able that like they were never able to do that not fully not authentically they were never able to do that and now you're mad now you're upset now you're upset it's like oh i put in all this time and effort <clears throat> you put time and effort into a place that authentically didn't speak to you why because you weren't authentically yourself you weren't aware of your capacity to give and what you have capacity to receive either. So there's a lot of truth telling that has to go with this and that goes into this conversation. Um, but I want you guys to think about capacity. 
just even using the analogy the analogies that I gave and even some others that are in your own life I want you to really think about capacity in this way your container you know are you in spaces that have the capacity to fill you refill you and are you in spaces that you have the capacity to fill and refill because all of this leads to ultimately us living more sustained more um more authentic and more satisfied thank you for joining me this week on coconut oil stardust and dope vibes for the sunday moment